0: 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right
2: this
1: way.
0: Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly. Joined today... On this beautiful Friday by Pat Fitzmorris and Scott Bogman. Boggs, d remains a little bit under the weather, so we really appreciate you filling in for him. He will be the typical host, third host, on this show every Friday. Guys, football is back in our lives. It is so exciting. This is our first Friday show of the season. We are going to run through and preview all the games on the Sunday slate and Monday as well. And just have some fun talking a little football with the guys who will go game by game, asking some key questions in every single matchup. Fellas, we will start right at the beginning, Sunday afternoon, early slate, Panthers at Falcons. I'm so excited. It's our first game of the whole year that we're previewing. It's just very fun to be back. Uh, Panthers at Falcons. The key question here... Will the Falcons pass the ball enough for Kyle Pitts and Drake London to be the stars we believe they can be based on their talent?
2: Fits, I will start with you. Yes, and I think our definition of enough can be lowered a little bit for the Falcons because they are splitting the target pie so few ways here. It is Drake London and Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson and uh Matt Collins. No, I mean it's it's pretty much those three guys. So, um like London had almost a thirty percent target share as a twenty-one year old rookie. Like I'm, I think he's going to get enough balls, and I think Pitts can too. So, um, yes, the Falcons are going to be run heavy, but with just those two guys uh, getting the bulk of the downfield targets, I think they're going to be enough targets for both.
0: Yeah, there was that um, I, some beat reporter, I think it was with the Athletic, had said something recently. It came out this week about like that Pitts might be fourth on the team in targets. And I was like, behind whom? Like if if it's not one of those three, any play calling is malpractice. If it goes through anybody else, Boggs, what do you think here?
3: I mean, I agree with you guys. I think that probably not enough passes to go around for both guys to dominate in yards, but I think London will get the yards. Like Fitz said, the high uh, target share percentage Pitts is probably going to have to lean on the touchdowns to become, you know, a big superstar this year. Uh, so that's I mean, this team's gonna run more than anyone. That's why they went out and got Bichon. I think you're right, Worm. It, it would be crazy to see Pitts not be at least third in targets on this team. He's gonna be second, I think. But um, yeah, I- enough to go around for guys that talented, but probably like Fitz said, not enough to go around for Snack Hollins or anybody else on that team.
0: Yeah, Bogman. Do you? I feel like. On all the shows I did this summer, I'm not sure I mentioned Drake London's name more than three or four times total. It feels like somebody that for the round he was going in kind of flew under the radar in a lot of the offseason discussion because everybody kind of agrees that he's really talented. Everybody knows he's going to get a high target share and everybody knows that they're not going to throw at a high volume compared to the rest of the league. So it's kind of just is what it is. What do you think his ceiling is this season? If he takes a leap, if Ritter takes a leap, if this offense throws more than we expected.
3: It's a wide receiver one. He has the talent to be that. Uh, It's just this offense is not conducive to making a wide receiver one. So uh, I don't know that he'll get there. There's another big target guy in the end zone in Kyle Pitts. And obviously, they're going to use Bijan a lot by the goal line as well. So it's, it's a tougher road to hoe than a lot of other wide receivers. But he can definitely get there if given the opportunity. Before we move to the
0: next game, I want to make a quick note about our multi-league assistant. It makes juggling multiple leagues easier than ever. I'm in like 15 leagues this year in terms of just the redraft ones. So this will be very helpful and definitely a tab I go to often on my computer. Make sure you guys head to fantasypros.com slash myplaybook to get expert advice for all your teams in one spot very conveniently so you can dominate every league every week Fellas, let's move to game number two, Texans at Ravens. My key question here is, will there be an adjustment period for the Ravens with both the new wide receiving core and also the new offensive coordinator? You bring back a lot of the offensive line. You bring back Lamar, obviously. You bring back Andrews. But the receivers and the offensive coordinator, how much of an adjustment period will there be early on in the season? We all have high expectations long-term. But early on, Boggs, starting with you.
3: Yeah, I don't think it's going to be as big as we think because Lamar can make every throw, right? I think the bigger thing is the pace. It's going to have to be conditioning, making it to the end of the game, not cramping up, especially in the heat early in the season. I think that's going to be the biggest adjustment for the Ravens to make. But in terms of the offense, you didn't change enough of the offensive personnel to completely change this offense. So it's still going to be very run heavy. They're still going to rely on Dobbins and Lamar uh, a lot, but I don't think it's going to be that big of a transition as a lot of people do because I'm a guy that watched Lamar at Louisville. I know he can make every throw on the field. So I think just letting him sit back there and pick apart the defense is going to be better for his all-around game and for his future. I know you're a Ravens fan, Worm. So, um, you know, that's going to be great for you. This dude can make every throw, and a lot of people just, they haven't really let him go. And I think they're going to let him do that this year, and it might be his best year ever.
0: Yeah, I I fully agree. I've said before this offseason that one of the the key elements to this season that I really love is that I think this is the best offensive line that he's had since that MVP 2019 season, but it now comes with Better play calling than he had in that season. And, of course, a much improved wide receiving core. But, Fitz, same question. Will we see that early on? I know we talked about on yesterday's show with Erickson the fact that the Texans' defense is worse defending the run than it is against the pass. Do we think we're going to see kind of one of these coming-out parties from him, first game with a new coordinator? Or might there be an adjustment period?
2: I think there might be a little bit of an adjustment period with the passing game under Todd Munkin. Um Lamar didn't play in the preseason. So it's going to take him some time maybe to get in sync. He's never played with Odell Beckham before. Uh, He's never played, at least in, you know, a live real game with, say, Flowers before. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that will happen. Luckily, with this matchup against the Texans, they can lean on the running game heavily as 10-point home favorites. And, uh, you know, the passing game might take a little more time to come around, but I think it'll get there.
0: I'm so excited to see this offense in all its glory for the first time. Even a guy like Nelson Agholor being their wide receiver four this year, he would have been wide receiver one at certain points last season. So <laughs> oh,
3: you're gonna be uh, so happy when he drops a bomb.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, if he's getting open for bombs, that's an upgrade over what they had last year. So and if they're even just throwing the ball down the field, that's an upgrade over the play calling. Uh, This is also a perfect opportunity to talk about this year's fantasy over under challenge presented by Betting Pros. Each week, the guys will be making over-under picks for 10 different players for how many fantasy points we expect them to score. Submit your picks to play along with the guys so you don't miss out on the chance to win awesome prizes. One of this week's players is Mark Andrews. His line is set at over-under nine fantasy points. What do we think he does in week one with this new-look offense, Fitz?
2: I'm going to go under here just because Andrews is a little bit banged up. And um, I do think they're going to be really run heavy against a Texans run funnel defense. Like they have every incentive to run the ball a lot and just kind of run it down Houston's throat.
0: Boggs, same question over under
2: nine fantasy points. And I
0: will just say on, on the side of the over potentially to play devil's advocate to Fitz, this is if you are thinking about the fact that he hasn't played with Zay before he hasn't played with Odell before, he might kind of fall back on, oh, if everything is not going well, I will I'm going to throw to Mark Andrews. what do you think, Bogman?
3: Uh, yeah, I I think I'm gonna go with you, Worm. Here, I, I over, and it's because this dude gets in the end zone, and, and I think he does here against the Texans defense. And um, you know, he is a little questionable. He has to score that touchdown early, but 30 yards and a score, I think he can do that. So I'll go over on Mark Andrews. Be sure
0: to make your picks as well if you're following along all season long. Win some cool prizes. That's fantasypros.com/slash challenge. Let's go to game number three. We're sticking in the AFC North here. Bengals at Browns. And my question here, I think, is probably an obvious one for a lot of people here in the first week of the season. Will the rust be fully shaken off for Deshaun Watson after getting a full offseason and shaking off some of the rust, theoretically, in the back half of last season? Fitz?
2: Yeah, that's a good question, Worm. And I'm not sure how to answer this one because um, like we heard reports in training camp that Deshaun Watson was not looking that sharp whenever he was being forced to operate from the pocket, and I think Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski wants him to operate from the pocket. So I'm not sure how that's going to go. Like if if the um you know like when Watson was in Houston, he was sort of allowed to um play in that sort of schoolyard, drop the play in the dirt, uh, kind of way, and like I just don't think the Browns want him to be that guy in Cleveland. So um. We'll see. I mean, this has been one of the most vexing questions of the off season, and I don't think we have enough evidence to answer it either way yet. Yeah, Bogman, I think
0: we've had some guys internally at Fantasy Pros where we're kind of split. Some people, I know Erickson has been a big fan of Deshaun all offseason. I certainly have not. It's hard for me to shake what I saw with my two eyes last year in watching him on the field. What do you make of him? And, and again, same question. Do you think here in week one, we'll see a new Deshaun?
3: Yeah, I I think that's it, man. You know, it's I don't want to say that, yes, we're going to see a new Deshaun until I see it with my own eyes. And we saw the rust, you know, and it's sudden his rust made me a little wary of Calvin Ridley coming back. And watching Calvin Ridley, I went, there is no issue with him at all. He looks like the best wide receiver for Jacksonville by a million miles. So. It's weird to see so little rust on a guy like Calvin who's missed a bunch of time and then to see Deshaun Watson uh, have a ton of rust. And I think it's not just rust. It's a lot of, you know, him being a little more constricted in this offense. You don't want to run Nick Chubb 30 times just to let Deshaun Watson fumble it on a run or throw a pick or something. So I'll say no. I don't think he fits very well. DTR look better than him. And, you know, I, I just I'm not a Deshaun Watson guy. So I'll say no.
0: If we do see Ridley kind of come out without any rust, do you think that speaks at all to just the difference in positions, like how hard it is to play? Not that wide receiver doesn't require timing and skill and finesse and all that, sure. but it's just a totally different position, right?
3: It's, it's way less responsibility. It's way more athleticism. And obviously Calvin Ridley is not going through the stuff off the field that Deshaun was going through. So th- there's too many differences to kind of, to relate them, which is, I should not have done that to start the season. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know that that it, it's definitely just positional and situational there. We're gonna talk
0: about the Jaguars game next, but first, you guys know how much I love going to see sports in person, and now that the NFL is finally back in our lives, I'm excited to finally check out Mile High Stadium right here in Denver, or maybe I'll even catch the defending NBA champion Nuggets this winter too. Whichever sport I choose, the best way to get tickets to any of these games is on Game Time, the official ticketing partner of Fantasy Pro's Fantasy Football for last minute amazing deals on tickets to see your favorite football team this September. Download GameTime. And as you've heard us say before, it's not just football. Game time is tickets to baseball games, concerts, and comedy shows across the country. So download the Game Time app and redeem code FantasyPros for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the Game Time app and enter code FantasyPros, all one word, for $20 off, no matter where you live. Get out and have some fun this week. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. I mentioned we were going to move to this Jags game. It's Jaguars at the Colts. And my question is about Jacksonville. Are they ready to take
2: the leap
0: this season, Fitz?
2: As serious AFC championship contenders, I don't think they're quite there yet. Like, they're a sexy team for fantasy because of all the skill position talent they have. You know, we're excited about Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley, uh, Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne. I don't know if their offensive line is good enough. I don't know if their defense is good enough. Um, Maybe as far as the offense being that good and making the big leap, they could do that if the the blocking up front is good enough. But as far as just the entire team, defense, uh, getting to the promised land in the AFC, I don't think they're quite there yet.
0: Yeah, Fitz, uh, we do uh, an internal league here where it's a whole team league where it's a salary cap style draft and you just get every player from that team. I actually came away with the Jags and they were only like the 10th or 11th most expensive team in that draft. I feel like that was a real steal because I think we could be sitting here at the end of the season looking the see him. I'm not saying that these guys are all projected for this points, but there's a non-zero chance that it's a top five quarterback. It's a wide receiver one in fantasy. I'm talking about an RB one in fantasy and a top 10 tight end. Again, we're not necessarily projecting all that to happen for sure for all those guys, but it's in the world of possibility. So I think that they're kind of underrated overall as a fantasy grouping. At least they were in that draft. Bogman, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think specifically with the defense, maybe playing catch up here and not being as good as, you know, we initially thought Trayvon Walker is he needs to take a big leap this year. But if the defense is bad and the offense is good, it's great for fantasy. Because now we're playing point for point every week or most weeks, at least. And that's what we want out of our fantasy guys. And I'm a little worried about Christian Kirk. I'll say that just because him and um, Zay Jones have been switching off in in certain sets and things like that. So you might get a a smaller snap percentage than he had last year. But Evan Ingram is still up there. Etienne is still better than Tank Bigsby, I feel like. And Calvin, we talked about him. He looks so good. Uh, to start the year. So, yeah, a lot of excitement around the Jags. They're going to be very good this year.
0: Do you have, of kind of their main guys, a guy that you are most excited about relative to their position?
3: It's got to be Lawrence. I mean, yeah, I uh, out of ev- everybody, it has to be yeah. Lawrence because all the moves benefited him. You know, uh, the moves, uh, it, for other places, maybe, Calvin Ridley's great, but it hurt Kirk. It hurts A. Jones. It hurts Evan Ingram. Uh, with ETN, it hurts bringing Bigsby in. So everything benefiting Trevor Lawrence, it has to be him as the biggest upgrade here.
0: We're going to sprinkle in a couple of listener questions during the show as well. This one comes from Miggy Vuitan, who asks, do I start Pittman over Kirk this week? Um, I would personally say no, but I want to hear what you guys say. Fitz, what do you think? Pittman over Kirk?
2: I would also say no. And um, I just don't want anything to do with the Indianapolis passing game this first week. I mean, Anthony Richardson, it's, it's not going to be pretty. And even though I like Anthony Richardson a lot and think he can develop into an above average NFL passer, it's going to take time. I mean, this was a guy who completed under 55% of his throws at the University of Florida last year, and that was his first full season as a college starter. So basically a one-year college starter trying to come in and process NFL defenses, like it's not going to be pretty. So no, I I don't want to roll with Pittman in Richardson's NFL debut. Totally agree. Um, what, what do you think, Bogman?
3: I'm going to split us. I want okay. Pittman, uh, the wow. big man, getting in the end zone. It, it, look, I know it's it's tough, but uh, let's not forget Anthony Richardson had a lot of drops at Florida, too. He, he can drop it in the bucket when he's on. If he's on to start, he's going to look good. If he's not, he's going to look bad, such is the life as an NFL rookie. I'm worried about Kirk. Uh, in a snap percentage, so I know Pittman's going to be on the field every single play, especially down uh, in the uh, red zone should they get there uh, in their first game, but uh, I like Pittman to get in the end zone once.
0: By the way, I just love listening to you guys talk about anybody from their college days. For those who don't know, Fitz and Bogman are the hosts of our Fantasy Bros Dynasty football show, so uh, make sure in the uh, fantasy offseason you are listening to them every week to, uh, to dominate the long-term game there as well. Let's go to game number five. That's Buccaneers at Vikings. Boggs, I'll start with you here. How will a new RB one in Minnesota, Alexander Madison look against a historically stout run defense?
3: Yeah, it's, it's a tough run defense, but this is going to be, I mean, you know, Minnesota passed more than anyone except Tampa Bay last year because they had Tom Brady. And, you know, I would say a hundred of those passes for Tom Brady were short runs, basically dump offs to uh, the running back. Of course, But Minnesota ditched Dalvin Cook, and now they're going with Alexander Madison. I think they're going to pass the ball even more after drafting Jordan Addison as well. So this is a team that is going to pass to set up the run. They're going to throw a lot to Justin Jefferson early, TJ Hawkinson, get that defense to take a couple steps back and then give the ball to Alexander Madison to give him a little more space to work in. I think he's going to look great. He's looked pretty solid in the starts that he's had filling in for Dalvin Cook in the past. He's a very good running back. He can carry a full workload like he did at Boise state. I'm excited to see what he does this year. Fitz,
2: what do you think here? I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean, we have seen Madison make six previous starts for the Vikings and he averaged 115 scrimmage yards in those starts and had five touchdowns. So, um, but as has been pointed out to me by Andrew Erickson, half of those starts were against the Detroit lions and uh, this Buccaneers defense, a little tougher than the lions defense has been in recent years. Uh, You got Vita Vea up front, one of the better run stuffers in the league. So, As we have just been talking about, though, he's got multiple outs. Uh, Even if he's bottled up in the running game, Madison can catch passes. He's a jack of all trades. Uh, Good enough in every area. But we've seen Kevin O'Connell express confidence in Madison. Like all reports say, O'Connell and his staff are content to roll with Madison as the lead back. So cautiously optimistic. Not supremely confident, but cautiously optimistic. And cautiously optimistic for fits means RB19, which is
0: what he has <laughs> in our half PR rankings right now for week one. Uh, I want to make a note, uh, you know, Debro, who will typically be writing the Primer when he's at full health. Uh, I just want to let everybody know about my Primer, which allows you to get a personalized view of the Primer, which is tailor-made for your specific fantasy team. You can find this if you go to fantasypros.com slash my playbook, and it breaks down an absolute beast of an article that the primer is with more info than you could ever need, and then it puts it into just the terms that you can use for your own fantasy team. It's a really nice tool. It makes it really convenient for you. You can quickly sync your team for our in-depth advice on your players. Again, that's fantasypros.com slash my playbook. Let's go to game number six here, Titans at Saints. And Fitz, this is another one that we kind of talked about yesterday, too, with Erickson. Is Jamal Williams in RB1 as long as Alvin Kamara is out? And I will tell you, right now in the expert consensus rankings, he's like RB25. I Not even an RB2, let alone an RB1. I think as long as Kendra Miller is banged up and Alvin Kamara is on suspension, I am starting Jamal Williams no matter what, even if I drafted him later and have running backs that I drafted ahead of him on my
2: roster. I think he's a no doubt RB1. What say you, fits? This is the dilemma of volume versus matchup. And the volume is looking great for Jamal Williams because there's no Camara. Uh, don't know if there's going to be Kendra Miller, who's iffy, I think because of a knee injury. Um, so yeah, it's going to be in, an all you can eat smorgasbord of carries for Jamal Williams, but against one of the toughest run defenses in the league. And the Titans are kind of a pass funnel defense. Like they're great against the run, Not so good versus the pass. So uh, maybe the Saints come out throwing and and we only see Jamal get 12, 13 carries uh, if the Saints choose to attack through the air. But you would think with that sort of volume, like he's going to have a good day, but I'm not quite ready to go into RB1 territory with this matchup. Like Jamal, he, he doesn't catch passes too. So unlike Alexander Madison, he doesn't have that extra out when he runs into a tough run defense. So I'm a little cautious here. I've got him ranked as what, more of a lower end running back two, maybe even high end running back three. So I'm, I'm a little scared of the matchup. What do you think Bogman? I mean, I, you've been talking a lot in this episode about guys who are going to get in the end
0: zone. I mean, if anybody's going to have a good chance, I, I think it's Jamal Williams.
3: Yeah. Volume is king in, in fantasy and Jamal's going to have it for the next three weeks. Two tough matchups. One, e- e- you know, Easy one, depending on how the defenses play from year to year. But the Saints look like a tough uh, or the uh, Titans look like a tough matchup next week against the Panthers looks like a nice matchup. But then the Packers, that's his three games without Kamara. And like you said, Kendra Miller's banged up. Do we know who the last guy uh, is? Because it's such a weird thing to me who the third guy on the depth chart is right now. Do you know who it is, Fitz?
2: Oh, man. Top of my head, I do not.
3: Kirk Merritt. Who played wide receiver oh, wow. at Arkansas State is now the third running back for the Saints behind Kendra Miller and Jamal Williams, which is just so weird. Which means to me, Jamal is gonna get everything he can handle in
2: well, the next three weeks. You know that's gonna be a lot of volume. The third running back is Taysom Hill.
3: Yeah, that's yeah. probably right. Uh, but but on the depth charts, Kirk Mary is probably just gonna return kicks and punts or something. But yeah, it's uh it it's a good situation for Jamal. I'll roll with volume. And uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, when we're some, if there's somebody that's going to get in the end zone this week, it's going to be Jamal. If I'm putting money on it, it's Derrick Henry first and then Jamal.
0: I'm not entirely sure I've ever heard Kirk Merritt's name before in my life. So that, <laughs> that speaks to the depth in that backfield as long as Kamara's out and with, with Miller, you know, potentially banged up as well. Let's go to game number seven. That's 49ers at Steelers. And I want to ask, and I'll start with you, Bogman, as a Steelers fan. How will last year's surprise darling Brock Purdy look against an elite
3: defense? Like garbage, of (laughs) course. Uh, You got T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith uh, and Cam Hayward, who is going to play. He was a little bit questionable earlier this week, but he's good to go now. Make it Fitzpatrick. The secondary looks better. The linebackers have more speed. It's going to be a tough matchup on both sides for both of these quarterbacks. Uh, Pickett, you know, look great. All scripted drives, scored a touchdown on all five of them, but going to be a dose of reality with Nick Bosa back. And the same thing for Brock Purdy. You know, uh, Fitz has mentioned a lot on the Dynasty pod about how Brock Purdy had some pretty easy matchups and he torched some some easy defenses in his short stint at the end of the year. Last year, this is a real test to start, and he's got weapons. He could look good, but I think, you know, with Rust and all that stuff coming out week one, facing one of the toughest defenses in the NFL going to be a a tough hill to climb here
0: for Purdy. Not just easy matchups last year, but I believe he only had two road starts in that (laughs) stretch at the end of the year. Almost all those games came at home, too. So this is is a tough environment. You know, week one at Pittsburgh is not going to be easy. Fitz, what are you expecting here?
2: Well, first of all, Bogman, I'm disappointed that when you rattle off some of those individual Pittsburgh defenders, you neglected to mention either Nick Herbig or Keanu Benton, the uh the rookies from Wisconsin. But I'll I'll forgive you for that. Um but then just to provide some detail on what Bogman was mentioning about, you know, the the easiness of the defenses that Purdy was facing last year. Um so in Purdy's first Well, in his five regular season starts, plus the game where he came in really early against Miami after Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt, plus his first playoff game against Seattle, so that's seven games total, he did not face a defense that ranked better than 13th in DVOA against the pass, So, and he had multiple touchdown passes, two TD passes, I think, in all of those games, then he faces Dallas in the playoffs, uh, good pass defense, Throws for 214 yards and zero touchdowns. So I definitely don't expect him to dice up a good defense on the road in Pittsburgh. Um, You know, I think he's going to struggle. I have him ranked as like a low end quarterback two this week. I think that's a really good note on the touchdowns too. Like the yardage was not
0: there even with as well as he played against, you know, relatively weak defenses it was a lot of the touchdowns needed to come. And this is an offense where those can come in other places other than through the air uh, from a multiple multitude of different guys. So uh, I'm kind of with you there. Uh, If you're stressing about your lineup management, take the stress away with MyPlaybook's autopilot tool at fantasypros.com slash MyPlaybook. Enjoy automated, optimal lineup adjustments, giving you both peace of mind and the best shot at victory each and every week. I love autopilot, especially if I have a busy weekend upcoming. It just makes it easy to know I kind of have that in my back pocket.
1: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents...
0: Right now, I want to take some time to celebrate our everyday champions, our cars. Thanks to eBay Motors, we're keeping our rides running as smoothly as our fantasy teams. Our cars are more than just vehicles, they're partners in our daily hustle. They're there for the early morning commutes, the weekend getaways, and every crucial errand in between. Remember those times your car was the MVP, getting you to that important meeting or helping you make a last minute pickup? Just like the right player in fantasy football, the right car makes all the difference in our daily game of life. The dependability a car provides is one of the cornerstones of our daily lives, which is why it's so important to maintain our vehicles the way we maintain our fantasy teams. Just like a well-managed fantasy team, maintaining your car requires strategy and foresight. It's all about knowing when to make those crucial upgrades or timely repairs. Ever experienced the triumph of a DIY fix on your car? That perfect moment when everything comes together and your vehicle runs as smoothly as planned? That's what eBay Motors brings to the table, ensuring each part you choose is the not just a temporary solution but a perfect fit for your car's needs speaking of perfect fits whether it's choosing the right fantasy player or finding the ideal part for your car the right fit can make your day there's a unique satisfaction when everything falls into place be it a winning fantasy lineup or a car part that enhances your ride that's why ebay motors is dedicated to making sure you get that perfect fit every time Let's go to game number eight here. It's the last one in the early slate, I believe, and it's Cardinals at Commanders. Obviously, Cardinals, one of the worst teams in football this year, uh, at least we all expect it, and I'm sure we will all be right on that. I want to ask about one of the most popular breakout candidates, really, of all of draft season, a lot of healing with Jahan Dotson throughout August. Can he put up wide receiver one numbers with Terry McLaurin banged up, Bogman?
3: I think he can, yeah, and especially against a terrible Cardinals defense. I mean, I'll give them a little credit. They look better than I expected in the preseason, so I'll say that, but they don't have a lot of depth, especially on the defensive line. They're going to get not a lot of pressure, and if you don't put pressure on Howell, he he is going to dice you up with some good wideouts specifically Jahan Dotson. So I love Eric Bieniemy coming in and running this offense now. We should see a lot of new wrinkles and not the same plain Jane Greg Roman type of 3 yards and a cloud of dust crap. So I'm excited to see what Washington has on offense specifically Dotson.
0: Fitz what do you think about Dotson with McLaurin banged up especially here in week 1?
2: I'm excited As Bogman said, it's a really nice matchup. The Cardinals don't have much of a pass rush. They're really thin at cornerback. And Dotson, seven touchdowns in 12 games last year and five top 20 uh, fantasy scorer games at wide receiver. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic. Like, we are expecting a breakout season, and what better way to launch a breakout season than by playing the Arizona Cardinals at home? <laughs> what do you think the
0: season is for Dotson or I assume the ceiling is for Dotson throughout the season? Ignoring the fact that we don't really know how long Terry McLaurin might be dealing with the toe issue. Do you think there's like high-end wide receiver two upside here? Do you think there's maybe even low end wide receiver one upside for the entire year? Or are we just especially excited given the defense is going up against Fitz?
2: Yeah, let's say upper. Upper end wide receiver two top 20 season. I don't know if he gets into the top 10 or top 12, but top 20 is realistic, I think. That sounds about right to me.
0: Guys, as much as I love the actual fantasy football season, I'm not sure there's anything that tops Fantasy Football Draft Night, and there's nothing, I mean nothing in the world more fun than live drafting with your friends. The best way to kick it up a notch at your live drafts is with a case of Miller Light. I had a few live drafts this August, and every single time, the hero of the night was the one who brought the Miller Light. The 96-calorie beer that tastes like beer and is perfectly brewed for everything summer and fall have to offer. And now that the season is here, and the drafts are behind us, the good times can still continue every game day. You can bet when I'm kicking back on Sunday night after a long day of tweeting about fantasy football, it will be a Miller Lite in my hand as I unwind with Sunday night football. So with the Miller Lite in your hand, summer doesn't just taste great, it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash fantasypros. That's MillerLite.com slash fantasypros. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Fellas, we are moving to the Sunday late afternoon slate here, game number nine, and it's Packers at Bears. And I want to ask, will the Justin Fields-DJ Moore pairing pay off right away here in week one? Fitz, what do you think?
2: I think it depends on how the Packers decide to play it defensively. Because if they man up with the Bears and have Jair Alexander cover DJ Moore and, and shadow him for much of the day, then I think it's going to be a long day for DJ Moore. Jair is one of the best pure cover guys in the league. But if the Packers go zone heavy, which I think they might, because that allows you to keep the quarterback in front of you, you don't turn your back on him and you know maybe risk letting Justin Fields run wild, um, then I think Moore is going to have a chance at a good day because... Matt Harmon of Yahoo has pointed out that uh, DJ Moore had a 10% higher success rate against zone than he did against man last year. Like Moore is just a good zone receiver, and uh, you know, not locked up in Jair's coverage all day. That does give him a chance to make plays. Bogman, what do you think?
3: I think so. Yeah, I think DJ Moore is going to have a pretty good day. Send him across the middle. Make that whole uh, offense shift and move and everything. You, this is just such a good weapon for Chicago to get, it's why they traded for him, traded the number one overall pick uh, to, you know, in part of this package to go get DJ Moore. I think he's going to carve up the Packers probably from day one.
0: Do you think we'll see an impact Boggs on Justin Fields? Sort of like, again, we talked about a lot this summer about like, this is the poor man's version of Jalen Hurts getting to add AJ Brown to that offense. Do you think we'll see the benefit for Fields right away?
3: I think we should absolutely. And not even just that, But uh, improvements on the line and, you know, uh, just another year of experience because just from like week seven on last year, Justin Fields looked like a different player. So imagine what a full offseason is going to do for him. We could see a nice big step from Justin Fields this year.
0: Fields is actually another player in the betting pros over under challenge this week. His line is set at exactly 20 Fantasy points. So in his first game with the brand new wide receiver and the improved offensive line, Bogman, do we think fields goes over or under 20 fantasy points
3: <laughs> with a guy with his legs and his ability? I think you have to take the over most weeks. I'll go over on fields.
0: Yeah, he, he could get most of that 20 points with one long touchdown run. Yeah. Fitz, what do you think?
2: Yeah. I have to say over too. um, you know, especially he rolled
3: his eyes while he did it. I saw him. <laughs> uh, hey, but, I'm but
2: a he Packers said yes. fan, but <laughs> yeah, like I don't think they're going to shut down fields on Sunday. Uh, let's go to game number
0: 10 here. That's Raiders at Broncos. Key question, can Sean Payton turn around Russell Wilson slash this whole offense immediately, or will it take some time? Will we see it in week one, Bogman?
3: I hope so. Uh, I would say it might take a little bit of time. I think more than Russell Wilson is about that offensive line gelling. This is an offense that would probably look a lot better under Arthur Smith, who would run the ball 55 times a game. Uh, I think this line is built more to run the ball. So um, it's the same issues that Russell was having in Seattle. He's having in Denver right now. So I think it'll take a little bit, but we should see at least incremental improvements to start the season. Fitz, what do you think?
2: Yeah, that's it. I mean, Drew Brees used to run Sean Payton's offense, and Drew Brees is as comfortable as can be, or or was, uh, operating from the pocket. And and Russ is is not that kind of guy. Like he hasn't been. So um, I'm not sure how this is going to go. Like I I don't think it's an automatic slam dunk that Sean Payton makes Russell Wilson a you know well above average quarterback again.
0: I think that's fair. We also have a listener question here. Sean K. asks, who is the better running back to start in Denver week one? Samaj P. Ryan or Javante Williams? Obviously, if the injury wasn't a concern, it would easily be Javante. But we still don't really know, even though every report has been way more optimistic than a lot of us thought as we sat there last fall and, and watched the injury news come out. So, Bogman, Samaje, or Javante in week one?
3: Uh, Look, Sean Payton said Javante is going to have a large role in week one, so I'm going to believe him. Sean Payton has told us the truth, for the most part, to uh, a fault for him this offseason. So I'm just going to think that uh, whatever he says is probably going to be right. So I will say yes, I'll roll with Javante.
2: Fitz, are you going P. Ryan or Williams? Uh, Williams, sort of reluctantly. I'm not sure I totally buy that he's going to have a massive workload in week one. But, um, uh, yeah, he is going to be the lead guy, I would think, if Sean Payton is talking about that. Like, you have to think he's going to be the lead guy. And if he was going to put him on a pitch count, he probably would have said something about it. Game number eleven, probably my, you know, the game I'm most looking forward to
0: on the whole slate this week. And that's Dolphins at Chargers. Gonna be super fun. A couple high octane offenses, good young quarterbacks. Gonna be awesome. Great visual matchup too. Some just really great uniforms here in this in this one. Um again, Dolphins at Chargers. Will we be happy with the new look Chargers play calling under Kellen Moore, Bogman?
3: uh no Uh, you weren't happy with it in dallas why would you be happy with it uh in la uh i i say probably not Uh, i think that um it might be frustrating he's a little more conservative sometimes but we do know that he'll give a lot of touches to eckler because he never wanted to pull zeke off the field so uh eckler and just like every single coach it's the same thing every year with austin eckler and christian mccaffrey and We're going to get this guy more rest. Well, when the game's on the line, your best players are out on the field, and most NFL games are close. The game is on the line most of the game. So I think we're going to see plenty of, you know, plenty of Austin Eckler for those that are afraid. I I don't really buy it. So he's just too good to take off the field. So I'll say no, but not so much from Eckler.
0: Do you at least think, you know, even if we weren't happy with what we saw out of Kellen Moore in Dallas, that'll still be an improvement over what we've seen in L.A. almost said San Diego, actually, in L.A. Mm-hmm.
3: with the Chargers? I mean, hopefully, but I, I don't know. I Just this whole offense frustrates me. Outside of Justin Herbert and Eckler, you know, uh, Everett is not consistent. The wide receivers are always questionable, like every week after week three. It's just an annoying offense to deal with to me, so I that's probably... Personal bias and probably why I'm saying I won't enjoy it, but hopefully it'll be better. But I have my reservations.
0: Fitz, what do you think about this one? Are you excited
2: for what we might see here in week one out of the Chargers? I'm excited. I don't know if Austin Eckler investors are going to be real excited about the new look Chargers offense under Kellen Moore. I mean, we've seen Eckler get just ridiculous target totals uh with Joe Lombardi calling the plays for the Chargers. But was that good overall for this offense? I don't think so. I mean, Justin Herbert had one of the lowest average depth of throws of any starting quarterback in the NFL last year. And this is a guy with a golden arm. Like what? He
3: might have the best arm in the league. Exactly. It's crazy.
2: So, yeah, I mean, you got to make this offense more vertical. And I think Kellen Moore is going to do that to some extent. And that's probably good for Mike Williams, if he can stay healthy, and, and Quentin Johnston. Um catch the ball yeah if he can catch the (laughs) ball exactly but um if if you're an eckler investor maybe not because you're not going to get 127 targets this year but um for everyone else i think it's a good thing we'll go to game number 12 here that's eagles at patriots super bowl
0: rematch from a few years ago Will the loss of Shane Steichen in Philly hurt more than we expected? Because there wasn't really that much talk about it this offseason as far as it's just kind of, okay, Jalen Hurts is great, top three quarterback uh, in fantasy. A.J. Brown, great. Devontae Smith, great. Offensive line, great. But they did lose what I believe to be is a very good play caller and a play designer. I, I think I'm i a big fan of Steichen, which is one of the reasons why I really like you know the future of Anthony Richardson in Indy. But will it
2: hurt Hurts and this Eagles offense more than we've kind of given it credit for, Fitz? I don't want to downplay the importance of good coaching, but Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, the best offensive line in the league, a good mix-and-match running back group. Um, I think the Eagles offense is going to be just fine. Bogman, You'd you be think?
3: okay with Kellen Moore running this offense, <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's about the players, right? And Fitz is 100% right on this. Like, yes, it absolutely hurts to lose to lose a coach. I think... The more concerning thing would be if they try to change too much. We know obviously the Eagles bring in DeAndre Swift and you don't bring in DeAndre Swift unless you want to pass to the running backs a little bit more, but it wasn't broke. Why are we trying to fix it is my question here. You just got to the Super Bowl. So hopefully not too much of a Super Bowl hangover. Uh, you know, obviously Bill Belichick can scheme up a, a solid defense and he's had a whole offseason season prep for the Eagles. So I am interested to see. Uh, I think this game is going to be much closer than anticipated because of that. But I think the Eagles are just too good, too much talent on offense to really take a big step backwards. So I'll say not as much as they could have too much talent on the field.
0: Somebody that we have no question marks about in the Eagles offense is A.J. Brown. And if you want a chance to win a signed A.J. Brown Eagles jersey, courtesy of BettingPros.com, your place to start betting smarter and not harder, you need to subscribe to the Fantasy Pros YouTube channel right now. Comment below on this video, and that's it. We will be announcing a winner right here on the channel, so make sure to turn on those notifications so you can be alerted when new episodes are up and to claim your prize. Also, I just want to mention, since a lot of these questions are about kind of like overarching like coaching what do we expect a new look offense that's really specific to week one we'll definitely get into more specific matchup stuff as the season goes on week to week but there's just so many questions about offenses and players that we haven't seen in these situations before so we kind of really wanted to highlight that since we still haven't really seen any games take place yet heading into week one let's go to game 13 that's the last on the late afternoon sunday slate that's rams at seahawks and my question here is: How much playing time will the Seahawks rookies, specifically JSN and Zach Charbonnet, earn right away? Bogman, what do you think? And again, remember, everybody listening: these are two dynasty guys, so they should have some real insight here.
3: Yeah, I think a lot. You know, the uh, Tony Romo's favorite word—a meritocracy—is what Pete Carroll runs in Seattle. If you are good in practice you are going to play a lot. So I would say for week one, probably more Zach Charbonnet than JSN. JSN is still uh, recovering from the wrist injury and stuff. So maybe he gets a limited pitch count or whatever it is. But Charbonnet, I think we see a lot of him in the second half. I think the Rams are one of the worst teams in the NFL this year, specifically without Cooper Cup week one. Um, You know, uh, Aaron Donald. Okay. uh, Wormley, name me another guy on defense for the Rams. Uh, I'm not. Sure, I could. (laughs) Yeah, see, so that that's what it is. It's Ernest Jones is okay at linebacker his first year as a full time starter behind Bobby Wagner last year, and nobody else. Like it it is a mess on defense for the Rams right now. Uh, They're going to have to spend a lot of draft picks fixing it, and uh, the offense is going to suffer too because they're not. It's going to be long drives from opponents this year against the Rams. And I think we're going to see a lot of Zach Charbonnet in the second half here. So I think a lot for those guys because they've earned it.
0: I think I might've had a better chance at pulling Kirk Merritt than I would have (laughs) another (laughs) defender
2: on the Rams beyond Aaron Donald Fitz, What do you think about these Seattle rookies? So yeah, um, I don't know if JSN is going to get a lot of snaps this week because of the wrist thing, but I do think Smith and Jigba is going to get a lot of run early in the season just because he is so far and away better than the fourth receiver for the uh, Seahawks, whether that's Dee Eskridge or, or Derek Young. I'm not quite sure who that is. So we're going to see him in three receiver sets for sure. I'm not quite as confident about Charbonnet getting a lot of work early in the season, just because it is a meritocracy and, you know, Charbonnet hasn't really earned it in a game yet. Like if he makes the most out of his probably limited snaps in the first couple of games of the season, then yeah, he's going to get more and more. uh, Pete Carroll, maybe, you know, turn this into something closer to a 50 50 backfield. But I think until that happens um, it might be little doses early in the season. Let's go to game 14, which is Sunday Night Football, Cowboys at
0: Giants. My key question here is, will we ever stop getting NFC East teams on Sunday (laughs) Night Football Week 1 every single year? I'll answer my own question. Unfortunately, no.
3: The so biggest I will, markets.
0: I will go. You don't need a market. It's week one. Everybody's watching anyway. Doesn't you know, matter.
3: Like, They're going to uh, do it. They're going to keep doing it. My you know
0: actual that. question is, was <laughs> CeeDee Lamb overlooked this draft season? And is he about to take another leap? Because he's a guy that went in the second round of pretty much every draft everybody was in, who has a good quarterback, who is a super talented guy, has a pedigree, has been good in the NFL and I feel like there wasn't a lot of conversation as much as there was about some of the other second-round picks that people saw as having more upside. So is CeeDee Lamb a little overlooked? Will this be kind of another step forward for him this year starting in Week 1, Bogman?
3: Uh, No, I don't think he was overlooked. I think it's... I think people not talking about him just shows how reliable he is. We know what we're getting out of CD land. So could he take an, a bigger step forward? Sure. He could go into that wide receiver one category where, you know, we're taking Tyree kill and uh, Cooper cup and all those before the injury and, and, and all those guys. I don't know that he's going to step into the Jefferson chase uh, category, but He can be right in the mix with those other wide receivers in the first round after this year. It would be no surprise, but that's not a giant step up. He's so reliable. We know what we're getting from him. So I think that's kind of why there wasn't a lot of discussion is because we know what to expect from CD lamb.
0: Fitz, you've got lamb wide receiver five in your week one ranking. So I assume you are high on him this week. Like most people.
2: Definitely. And it's um, not that he was necessarily overlooked in draft season, but I do think he is being regarded as sort of a finished product. We don't know if he's a finished product. He's only 24 years old. I mean, the breakout happened last season, but who's to say the elevator isn't still going up? So, yeah, I'm pretty excited. And that's why I've got him ranked ahead of guys like or had him ranked ahead of guys like Stefan Diggs, uh, A.J. Brown. In, in my draft rankings, like I I think he could still be better than he was last season.
0: Yeah, only nine
2: touchdowns last
0: season. I think that's a number that could go up by a handful as well and really kind of elevate him in the fantasy scoring. Let's go to Monday night football wrappings up here. We don't get the doubleheader to start off the season. We get that in week two this year for Monday night football. I'm not sure why they did that, but we do get bills at Jets for game number 15 of the week. Key question with all the
2: offseason's Garrett Wilson hype, will it be proven right in week one? Fitz? Tentative no on that. I do think Wilson's stakeholders will be happy with his target share in week one, but it's a tough matchup. I mean, the Bills are good against the pass, so I, I don't think he goes off against the Bills, but you know, I, I think Rodgers will look to him quite often. Bogman, what do you think?
3: I'm going to disagree. I think he looks good from the jump. It is a tough matchup uh, against Buffalo. Buffalo has a very good defense, but I don't know. There's something about this that is, for week one, I just have a very good gut feeling about Garrett Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, we've seen we've seen this work. It worked for Tampa Bay when you drop in uh, Tom Brady and they win a Super Bowl. It worked for the Rams. You drop in Matt Stafford, you win a Super Bowl. That's what the jets are going for. So I think it's going to be a big week one from them. And I think it would be smart for them to, if they get out to a lead to, to never take the foot off the gas to dominate. And I think that's what they're going to want to do week one to kind of show this division. We're the team to go through, not Buffalo
0: guys. We got through week one of the preview section, at least. I'm just so excited. I mean, we are so ready to sit down and watch Red Zone for seven straight commercial free hours. I yes. know that's not the line. And just enjoy it and just football back in our lives. There, there's a big smile on our faces for the next few days leading up to that that Sunday afternoon kickoff. It's just going to be super awesome. So thank you for filling in again, Bogman. Thank you both for joining. For Bogman and Fitz, I am Ryan Warmley. We'll be back all season long. For those guys, I'm Ryan. We'll see you. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros football podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasypros.